Welcome, women in medicine. This is Dr. Me First, a podcast all about authentic conversations between us, female physicians. So through my conversations with our female colleagues, I hope to bring you encouragement, inspiration, hope, and fun to your life and your practice. So no more feeling alone in medicine because this is a community of truth speakers and light bearers. I'm Dr. Erin Wiseman, your colleague in medicine and coach in life, and this is episode number 15. In today's episodes, I am talking with doc- Dr. Deborah Gabora. Uh, she also goes by Dr. G. And her word that she chose today was truth. Well, when I first sat down and spoke with Dr. G, I did not realize how much of a big deal that she is. But as I was prepping and getting everything ready for the show notes, I watched her TED Talk. I was on her website. This woman is doing amazing things. And she definitely does speak some truth into my heart from this conversation. So listen to it and then stick around for a kick of encouragement. It's a little bit different than usual, but I think you'll enjoy it. Hey, everybody, it's Dr. Erin Wiseman back again with you with another podcast episode. I have a special guest, and I am going to let her do her own introduction. Hi, my name is Deborah Gilboa, and I am a family doctor in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I'm also a parenting and youth development speaker, and I get to do this fun thing where I also play a doctor on TV. That is amazing. So much fun. I I mean, so many things that you could dive into as far as with that. And today, the word that you have picked is truth. Tell me a little bit why you picked truth. I tell the medical students that I teach all the time, I feel like truth is our strongest weapon with our patients. That as a family doctor, my job is to figure out how people can best hear hear the truth, but that not beating around the bush, not trying to make someone simply feel comfortable and accepted, that that is a wonderful thing to do in many social interactions. But with your physician, you really need to hear the truth. Absolutely. I love that word truth because actually my business name is Truth Prescriptions. So when I saw that, I was like, ooh, common threads coming through. And you know, that is so true. I think that we need to be truth speakers in all aspects of our practice because when we try to just please everyone, it just feels so just unauthentic. Uh, Yeah, I think that that's true. But, and I also, you know, I had this incredible epiphany talking to a friend from high school years ago about her weight loss. She was saying to me, she, she had always been overweight and as an adult, she'd gotten to be pretty morbidly obese And she was um, messaging me to say, hey, I like really like a year ago, I decided that I was going to get really healthy and check it out today. I fit into a size 18 when I hadn't been able to get into clothes at regular stores in a long time. And I was like, that's amazing. And congratulations. And I'm so glad for you that you're getting healthy. And the next time I saw her, we were sitting and talking and I asked her what motivated her because as a primary care doctor, I talk to people about their weight all the time. And she said, the thing really that convinced her she had to do this was that she'd seen a picture of herself from Christmas time with her family. And at first glance, she thought it was her grandmother. And her grandmother had had serious weight issues and weight complicated, illnesses complicated by her weight her whole life and had died younger than she should have because of it. And so she said, as soon as I was like, is that grandma? Oh my gosh, that's me. That was the wake up call that I needed. And I said, 
that's, I'm so pleased for you because I, you know, I, I care about you so much and I'm really glad that you're getting healthier. And then I asked her if her doctor had ever done anything that had been successful or not successful in helping her think about this. And she said, no, actually, she didn't really talk to me about it very much. And, and I said, how did that impact you? And she said, well, every time I would leave the doctor's office when she didn't mention my weight, I figured, oh, I guess it's not as bad as I thought. Mm, super and powerful. I found that such, that made such an impact on me because it made me realize that the role that we have as people's doctors means that what we don't say is often as powerful as what we do say. Absolutely. Absolutely. So talking to people and telling them the truth about whether it's about their weight or about a diagnosis or a prognosis or a um, decision that they face or whatever it is, being kind matters, but telling the truth while you're being kind, I think is incredibly important. Mm -hmm. I know I had a similar situations. Um, you know, I was very, you know, being a mother, I was always very open to talking about my patients, um, my pediatric patients weight. And, you know, like you said, bringing it up in a kind, concerned way, but just being truthful and being like, hey, the 99th percentile is not where you want your child to be when it comes right. to weight and BMI. That, that this is, this isn't healthy. And you know, initially you kind of get the deer in headlights look with most folks, but then it seems like once you kind of crack the surface and they know that you're going to continue to keep talking about it, each subsequent visit, not that it gets easier, but it gets more out into the open. And then they start telling you, hey, we decided not to go to McDonald's the other night because of what we talked about in here. Or, hey, we're now going on walks on Saturdays as a family so that everybody can get outside and get more healthy. It's, it's almost as if, you know, our patients are avoiding those hard conversations because they don't want to get us, up, you know, talk to us about it. But then yet I know as a physician, it, it is, it's uncomfortable to have those truth filled, hard conversations. Like perhaps you're noticing a patient's like controlled medication use has definitely changed. I, I know I've had a lot of those difficult conversations where I'm like, hey, what's what's going on with this? Why are you calling in early refills? You know what I mean? And trying to, I always try to approach it with an open, open-ended question. But so many times you just got to dig down to the heart of it, like you said, and just like crack open that truth right in front of them. And one of the things, I mean, some of the hard conversations that I've had with parents of the obese kids in my practice is, you know, I, I try it a bunch of different ways, but if they're really not hearing me, I have said to a couple of patient's parents, look, if God forbid you would come in today and I had to tell you that your child had cancer, you would say, Dr. G, I'll do anything. What do I need to do to save my baby? And what I'm telling you is that this is every bit as deadly as cancer, mm -hmm. but it's a hundred percent curable. Right. And Absolutely. that it takes longer sometimes, but you know, but it's, it's just as important. And I think, to be honest, I think that sometimes doctors avoid having conversations we don't want to have because we don't want our patients to be mad at us or not like us or think we are too tough on them. And we're not there to be liked, actually. Yeah. Well, I think too, you've got to invest so much more emotional capita into that conversation than just like, yep, checked your ears, heart's good, out the door. You know, yeah. you, 
you've got to be committed to that relationship at well. And to be perfectly honest, that takes time. And, you know, time is a capital that is a limited resource. You know, we kind of live in a scarcity model with our time in our practice. And, but it's so worth having these conversations and um, being truthful and saying our truth as a physician to our patients to say, you are not healthy, but I'm here for you. And here's how we can move forward. How would you like to proceed? Right. And to say these are options. And also, I, I really feel like truth matters because I really encourage my patients to be honest with me. Meaning when I, yesterday it happened, actually, I had three patients in a row that said to me, uh, I came in, sat down, how are you doing? And they said, fine. And I took a look and said, I feel like that's not entirely true. Right. Fine is not what we need to describe today. But, well, I mean, I was looking at each of these people and the look on their face at that moment just said, fine is what we say, but it's not actually how I feel right now. And I said, I'm, I'm not asking to be polite. I really want to know, how are you? And two guys and a woman, and they each were like, in some variation said, kind of terrible, really. Yeah. He called their bluff. <laughs> and then and then we can go further. It's one of my the reasons that I love seeing teenagers because if you're willing to listen, they are usually willing to speak their truth pretty mm -hmm. clearly. And when we, for example, if you recommend a treatment course to a patient, I find a lot of adults will say yes even if they don't mean it or even if they don't really intend to follow it. Whereas teenagers will just give you a look. And if you're willing to say I get the sense that you don't think this is a good idea or you won't be following this. Can you tell me more about that? They usually will. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I don't have teenagers yet in my household, but I have a couple of friends who do. And uh, they are all the time telling me about the truth bombs that their teenagers <laughs> drop on them. Yeah, yeah, I do. I have four sons and my two older ones are 16 and 14. And, and then I have 12 and 10. And yeah, I think that they are... If you can hear it, I think home is a really good place for truth also. Yeah. Any recent truth that's happened at your home that you can throw out there? Um, the, you know, not, no, not without their permission. But, <laughs> okay. Because that's, that's a really important piece as our kids get older is to yeah. not share anything of theirs without their permission because it's really theirs. Like even the truth that they tell me or the confidences that they give me they're not mine. I'm just holding them for them. That's absolutely true. That's a great point. I love it. I'm going to store that back. Mine are seven, four, and two right now. So we'll be right. So their funny stories are sort of fodder for any conversation you want to have. But it's pretty startling how young they start to say, you know, you'll be at a party and you'll tell a cute or a funny thing that one of them did. And later you'll hear from them that they did not love that. Yeah. So as you're working with adolescents, um, you know, with the what specifically do you do with adolescents in your speaking? Uh, so I am, I speak about parenting and youth development topics. Uh, the best way to sum it up is probably with my TED talk, which is called the expectation gap. And it is an effort to focus us as a society on where I think we took a wrong turn in focusing too much on our kids achievement and not enough on their character. Mm. And when we focus on kids' achievement, character often suffers. But when we focus on character, achievement usually follows. Mm -hmm. and, uh, the problem that I see is that my kids' happiness at any given time has become the metric of my good parenting. 
our society would have me believe that if my kids are happy, I'm a good parent. And if they're not happy, I'm not doing good parenting. And I, I just don't believe that's true. I think if my kids are learning and growing and that, you know, in a well child check, when you get that one month old and the nursing mom sees that they gained weight and they're like, yes, I did that. Right. Right. That was me. And, you know, I, I say to parents every well visit they came in for, I'm like, you kept them alive. Way to go. That's your job. And when, so we measure their growth very physically in that first year, but they're learning and they're growing the whole way through. That's our main concern as parents. If we use their learning and their growth as a metric of whether we're doing what we need to do for our kids, I think that's really valuable for us and for our kids. If we try and use their happiness at any given moment, although it's great when they're happy, it's fun when they're happy. My life is nicer when my kids are happy. Maybe not as much nicer as their lives are when I'm happy, but that's a whole other thing. Yes. <laughs> when, if I use their happiness as a metric for my, to guide my parenting, then I'm going to make a lot of short-term decisions. But very much like we're talking about in the office with talking to patients about things that will be hard for them to hear or hard for us to say, those are short-term decisions, but they're not protecting someone's long-term health. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Well, we will definitely put a link to your TED Talk um, in the show notes for everybody who's listening and want to check that out. The other question I have for you is, say somebody's listening and they're like, oh my God, I got to find out more about this Dr. G. Where are the best places to find you? The easiest place is my website, which is askdrg.com. Perfect. And you've probably got a contact link and all that good business. I do. And I'm on, I'm on every social media you might imagine, but I'm really active on Facebook and on YouTube. And one of the things that I've done, because in the office, I see over and over again, how busy we are as parents and how overwhelmed it's easy to feel. And you know, there's not a lot of continuing education for parents, right? There's, Mm -hmm. there's no classes. So I've created a whole bunch of digital bundles and resources that parents can get to when they're wondering when they have a particular question, you know, preschool parenting strategies, all the way up to having a new teen driver, sending a kid to camp. Like there's all kinds of times where we're like, what should I do? How am I supposed to handle this? And this is, um, these are all different efforts that I have to help parents in the time that we have and in the moment that we're in. Yeah. Cause it is limited time. You got to yeah. bless and release them at some point. Right. Totally. We're suppo- it's supposed to be planned obsolescence. And it's interesting because it's really in the office that I figured out that this is what parents were wondering about most because I really felt a lot of the questions that my patients ask me in the office, they're parenting questions, not medical questions, right? Mm-hmm. They, like how often do you get asked, is my child on the correct secondary controller medication for their asthma? <laughs> exactly. Or are you much more likely to get asked, how do I get my kid to take their asthma medicine? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, parents don't wonder if their child with ADD really needs sleep. They wonder how to get them to go to bed and stay there. Mm-hmm. And how to get them up in the morning and get them going. Right. Absolutely. Well, I love it. Well, everybody check out Dr. G's videos, get on her website, <laughs> give her some hollers on her TED Talk. Let's blow this stuff up because this is wonderful that. and our patients need it. And, you know, together we rise. So thank you so much today, Dr. G. Okay, for your cue of encouragement today, I'm going to do something a little bit different. This is a poem that was shared with me by a close friend. It was written by Dana Felds, and it's entitled Light Bearers. Hope it encourages you as much as I found it to be. So here we go. 
We are light bearers, stewards of a truth that insists on being shared despite doubt or fear or imagined limitation. We spread the flame by teaching or by growing, still by daring to be outrageous and dancing beneath the full moon, or by holding a friend in need and taking care of life's normal routines. This is our message. There is hope encoded in every cell, each loving thought, each time we reach out to one another. There's truth that won't be stopped by toppling buildings, snipers' bullets, war clouds on the horizon, or the inner storm of grief, despair, and insecurity. We are the peace we have been seeking, the peace that stretches beyond the mind's need for form or understanding, the peace for which each human heart longs. Now is the time for the light bearers to offer up the truth of who and what we really are. I read this to you today because I truly believe that all of you out there listening are light bearers and that through our interactions and our building of community that we really can spread the peace that this poem talks about. So my encouragement for today is just keep doing what you're doing. Keep bearing your light, keep telling your truth, and keep marching forward. Of course, if you're getting weary or tired or down, reach out for help. We're here for you. And remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. 